Hello and welcome back to the Business of Show Business podcast with me, your host, Jamie Boddy. Unpacking the skills needed for the entertainment and creative industries and celebrating those already in them. This is episode 9 and as a quick recap, last week for episode 8, I was joined by Marissa Dagahi, a New York voiceover expert and casting associate. We really go into what is needed to be a voiceover actor and also looking at how transferable our skills are, so do check that out. Today's episode is a special bonus episode. It wasn't on my initial schedule, but it's on a subject which I think is so important, and that is mental health in the entertainment and creative industries. I will also be helping you with social media mental health and hopefully giving you a few tips and tricks in which you can implement to stop yourself being overwhelmed by social media and helping you to hone in what you can post. Whether it's been on air with interviewing my guests or before or after the interview, mental health has popped up with all of my interviews so far. And it is so, so, so important. Everyone everyone will go through it in varying degrees of how it may affect you. And I thought, what better way to dive deeper into mental health in the industry than with the creators behind Industry Minds. Set up in 2018, they provide not only a podcast, but an online platform on mental health in the arts. It is truly a fab resource. They have amazing podcast interviews. They offer counselling, seminars. Do go and check out Industry Minds. Before we get going on the main part of the episode, I'm going to give you now a few tips and tricks on how to use social media responsibly in the arts to help with your mental health. I understand that social media can be a source of discomfort or anxiety for some people. So I'm going to hopefully help you now to overcome that hurdle. So let's get going. Social media is a fantastic tool for freelancers and creatives, but I also understand it has a negative side too. For some people, social media is easy and quick, and for others, it takes some getting used to. What works for one person might not work for someone else. Social media is like doing your tax. Whether you like it or not, you have to do it. It is your shopfront or the magazine to your life, and as a freelancer or creative, you can entertain with it as well. It should be an extension of you. Some tips you may have heard already are on episode one, marketing for creatives, episode three, online presence, and episode five, what to post on social media. I would go back and give those a listen when you can as I dive into some of these subjects a bit more in detail. For me, having a strategy or at least setting parameters when it comes to social media will help you to hone in on what you can post and when to post. It will also allow you to question that post to think, does this, is this authentic to me? Does it match my personal brand? Does it match my work ethos? It will hopefully help you think, yes, I should post that or no, I shouldn't. When you can post anything, you'll probably post nothing. And that's why I want to help you to set those parameters to keep you in line, to stop you being overwhelmed and not posting. As I said before, you are not a robot. You do not need to use all social media channels for business. However, if someone has contacted you on social media about a job or someone may look on your social media to look at your portfolio of work, then you need things on your social media that not only showcase you as a person and your personality, but also the amazing work and talent you have. Your skills have so much value outside of that audition or that meeting. So social media is a fantastic way for you to unpack those skills. Tip number one, don't jump straight on your phone first thing in the morning. I know it's hard. You may roll over and turn your alarm off. Depending on what other people are posting, that can really impact your day. If other people are having a rubbish day and they're posting negatively or using their Facebook as a diary and that's the first thing you do, that can affect your mood for the rest of the day. So get up, pop the kettle on, open the window and then look at your phone. 
Point two is being a triple threat. And I use obviously this lightly because some people may have the time and aptitude to use more platforms, but there's no point trying to be on every platform all the time and diluting what you have to offer. So pick the accounts that you have the time and aptitude to use and stick to them. Can obviously add more accounts over time, but I think one of the key points, one of the key things people come to me when they are feeling overwhelmed with social media is that they feel they have to have a website, be on YouTube, have Spotlight, have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You don't, just pick what works for you. It could be Instagram, Twitter, and your website, for instance. Just pick three that work for you and that you have the time and aptitude, and then you can always add on. Tip three is be proactive, not just reactive. And this kind of goes back to episode one when I talk about being a str- um, using a strategy. But some people just, they don't know what to do. So they're scrolling social media and then they see other people doing the show they want to do or booking the clients they want to work with or people being negative and you don't have anything to add and it's not adding to you and they kind of get disheartened and get lost in a black hole. I think the first thing is once you've looked at what platforms you are using, what time are you allocating them? Are you using your social media for business? If so, implement those work hours, whether that is... 10 minutes every two or three hours or just an hour in the morning or at the end of the day for the business side of social media so posting about shows you're in or networking or connecting and then work out how much of your day you want to spend just using it for leisure scrolling through celebrating your friends things like that take control of what you see online and what people see about you don't just panic pace so be be proactive use social media for what you want what are your objectives what are your goals for using that platform once you've kind of got that out then match that with the hours you use on that platform tip four be social the key word in social media is being social so whether you're using it for work or recreationally be social start conversations support your friends share other people's work it's not all about you Tip five is Marie Kondo your social media. Does it bring you joy? Only follow those who support you, inspire you and make you feel good about yourself. What do you want to see when you scroll on your social media? Depending on your business and what you do, you may want to keep an eye on your competitors. I get that. But again, set a limit of time. Twitter is fab for making lists. You don't actually have to follow the accounts that you put into a list. So you can make a private list of your competitors or agents you want to join. Click on that list once a week, once a day, whatever it is, and see all of the tweets that they have done pulled into one list in your allotted time. If you make a public list, just bear in mind that they will be notified. So that's great if you want to stroke someone's ego like directors I want to work with fair play but lists are amazing again it keeps your you don't actually have to follow them which i think is great number six is the power of muting you can mute certain words and accounts on twitter so you don't see their posts all the time obviously you can unmute them at any time also on instagram you can mute accounts as well so it avoids that whole awkward unfollowing if you think that's something they are going to pick up on but again going back to does it spark joy you shouldn't really be following that many accounts that are making you feel negative about yourself because no one wants to feel like crap number seven is use other people's posts as inspiration rather than comparison so instead of maybe seeing someone's posts that you're then envious of or angry at because they're doing a certain thing a assess do you need to follow this person and then b use that to drive you to inspire you to create content the same or that reaction that has made you feel of hope and wanting more and drive and determination create posts like that that will inspire others point eight is saving posts if you see a post that does inspire you makes you laugh makes you happy 
why not save it or bookmark that post whether it's on pinterest and you've pinned certain things or you've saved posts on twitter or instagram or facebook go back and look at those posts that do inspire you make you feel happy so if you are feeling glum you have a source of happiness Number nine is time management. Figure out what your week is like and then schedule your social media time in around it. If it's work related, obviously set in those work hours. Are you losing a bit too much of your day to it? Is it something you could do in the morning with a cup of tea or when you've got 20 minutes in the afternoon? Work out how you are gonna use social media to benefit you and help with your mental health. There's also some amazing apps out there that can help you to limit your time on social media because you can set those hours. So. Sometimes that's quite good to take it out of your hands because otherwise you'll just make excuses. Number 10, so many performers struggle to post when they are maybe not in a job or they feel they don't have anything to talk about. Again, when you can post anything, you post nothing. Set those parameters. So is it always on a Monday you are going to post about your week ahead? On a Thursday, are you going to tap in maybe to that throwback market? Do you have a show coming up that you can do your countdown messaging to? Have you just finished a show that you can then talk about to still keep that buzz going? One thing I think which helps a lot of performers is the rule of three. And what I mean by that is for every third post, there should be maybe something work related. And this is just for those out there that are maybe struggling of what they can and can't post or they don't feel confident talking about themselves, which I get. Again, you're not a robot, so you can share that time with your family, working out, travel, whatever it is. But for every third post, think about, right, am I in a show that's coming up? Can I use the artwork for that? Am I currently doing a short course that I can talk about? Or am I in a concept video or a student film or something that someone else has posted? Can you reuse that? Number 11 is a little social media checklist if you're struggling with posting. Social media is there to inspire, educate, start conversation or entertain. If you're struggling, if you should put this particular image or comment up, does it do one of those? Does it inspire, educate, start a conversation or entertain? If it ticks one of those and then lines up with the authentic you, so the in-person you, then I say, yes, go ahead and post it. And number 12, likes don't pay the bills. Don't focus on the numbers too much. I know a lot of people who've updated their Instagram account can't see the likes, which I think is a great thing. And I know for some influencers, they used to make money on their likes. So I understand for some people, this poses a whole other problem. But I think do not focus on that vanity metric of likes. If you are sharing coming from a place of value and it's authentic to you, then just post. You wouldn't go up to someone in real life and ask them to like you to your face. You are enough, so do not worry. Sometimes it's better to have a smaller audience who are actually engaged and maybe buy into you or buy your products than to have a massive audience who don't really know the real you or convert to sales. Those are just a few ideas to help with social media and to hopefully help you realise your value and how you can get the real you across on social media. I do have a free resource online which dives into these a bit more and kind of gives you your daily or weekly checklist when it comes to your social media. Head to jamiebody.com forward slash resources and it will be on there. And now let's go on with the main part of the show. So welcome back to the Business of Show Business podcast and you guys are in for a treat. We have a special bonus episode. We are just over halfway through the first season. And one element I think has popped up a lot when I've had my guests in is mental health in the arts. I thought what better way to unpack the mental health in the arts than to have the wonderful people behind the podcast and wellbeing platform Industry Minds. I'm joined today by one of the co-founders, Kathy Reed. How are you, Kathy? 
I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for um, taking time out of your quarantine schedule to do this. My very, very busy quarantine schedule. Gosh, I just, so much stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> but, and just how we were saying actually off air, like, it's interesting, isn't it? How you may have a day when you're feeling super productive and you want to, there's not enough hours in the day. And mm. then all of a sudden, the complete opposite when you're like, I literally don't want to leave my bed. Yeah, 100%. As I was saying to you last week, I was struggling so much to do, even to go for a run, which I'm running the, well, I was supposed to be running the marathon last week, but it's been postponed until October, obviously. But um, even just going for a run, emptying the dishwasher, I was like, I don't want to do that. I want to watch Friends for the 27th time. Um, Whereas yesterday, Mm -hmm. I just, for some reason, I was just really, really productive. I had a schedule written out. And it got to about 5.30 and I was like, I want to do more. I want to do more. And I said, no, you need to sit down, like watch some TV. You've not done any, you've done work all day. So it's really been up and down. And I think that none of us really know the correct way. I don't think there is a correct way to deal with this situation because we've never experienced it before. Even I was talking to my grandma yesterday and she lived through World War II. And she's even like, this is the strangest year of my life. Isn't it? And, it's, and I think as performers where, or creatives in general, we are, our foot is always on that accelerator. We're always chipping away at our career or our side job that we never rest. So now has kind of forced everyone to rest. And maybe that's why the demons come out because you have so much time to think and to sit there. Yeah, no, for sure. I get that. And I've been thinking a lot about like what I want to be doing and what I've kind of achieved and what what I want to look like in 10 in 10 years time and also I think what's really important to me and um family's always been really important to me but I'd I'd love to have my own family one day and it's something that me and my boyfriend are um thinking about not soon don't worry mum if you're listening um, <laughs> exclusive <laughs> but, um, here exclusive no definitely not um but we, we were we've been chatting about it and like I'm, I'm 27 he's nearly 30 and we're just chatting about just things that are important to us and what what kind of like I don't know, house we want to have when, when we when we move. And just um, I think that this quarantine for me has kind of made me appreciate like the smaller things in life. I was supposed to go up and see my family um, just before lockdown, but I cancelled it because it was the day that uh, it was the day that theatres closed and it was the day that Boris said no unnecessary travel. And I went, well, this kind of is unnecessary travel. And it just made me realise like how lucky I was to be able to even get on a train to Edinburgh before and just go, oh, I'm just going to go off and see my family for a few days. And yeah, I think it's been a been an eye-opening experience, certainly. Yeah, completely. And I definitely, I hope there's some things that we can take with us once we are out of this, which is the fact we can give people time. So I'm hoping that kind of transcends this, this craziness. Yeah, so, so important. And that's the thing. And I think that because we have so much time now, I think in our industry, it's very much, it needs to be done now or it needs to be done yesterday. Um, it does, it, there can't be, no one lets you have like a lot of time, like especially if you're going for an audition. And I remember one time I got, I got called in for the audition at like 11 o'clock on the Tuesday and they said, you're going to be in uh, 11 o'clock. Uh, sorry. Yeah, it was 11 o'clock on the Thursday and I thought, great. But I didn't get the material until five to six on the Wednesday night. And I had like four songs and three scenes there and I was just like you know what that doesn't need to happen I think I really really hope that when we go back that we will not take things at a slower pace I think that there's a chance for real change and real excitement within the industry um giving like opportunities and 
to people that haven't to haven't had them and changing things up and just making things exciting but also just like not cutting people slack I don't want to say it as cutting people slack but giving people the time to be able to produce their best work like you don't need to give out something at five to six the night before like you had it it do you know what I mean it's you need just I think people just need to look after people's mental health more when we finish this because this has definitely been tough on people's mental health and especially from a financial point of view um I'm in an extremely lucky position where I'm currently in a salaried job and so I've been furloughed so I'm still getting 80% of my salary but if this had been me last year when I was just on self-employed um I haven't earned a huge amount since I graduated and I wouldn't have got anything from the government scheme um and it would have been very very difficult and so I think that we just need to all be all be a bit kinder to to each other when when this is over because everyone's been through a lot really yeah one thing I think at this moment in time is that we're all having to go through the same thing but we we're all going through it differently which I think is really uniform in as well because obviously like we all of our comrades and everything are doing the same but then also you can't tell someone how to react during this time totally totally and I think that 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 does correspond a lot to mental health as well because just because you suffered from depression but you were kind of okay with it and you had quite high functioning depression doesn't mean that anyone who is suffering from it but has really low functioning depression and literally can't get out of bed it doesn't mean it's any less valid and it's kind of I did an interview this morning with um Sean McCourt and we were chatting about um struggling with mental health struggles when you're in that amazing job and when you're in the West End and I said I said to him and we've said a lot on the podcast that no matter whether you're in that dream job or whether you're working a muggle job that you hate or anywhere in between, your mental health struggles are valid and they, they're they not necessarily changed by your situation. Like getting that dream job doesn't mean that your your mental health struggles automatically go away um, or it doesn't fix them. So yeah, I think that everyone is in a different situation. We're all in the same situation, like you said, but we're all in a different situation. Um, and I, like I said, I appreciate how lucky I am to have been furloughed. Um, and I have a partner who works in the NHS. And so he's obviously very busy at the moment. Yeah. And so there's money coming in there. Um, but I do do realise how, how lucky I am to be in that position. So let's backtrack a bit there. Um, just to talk about your, your career in the arts and how you trained obviously as an actress, but now you are working still in the creative world but then still pursuing the acting and singing on the side when you can, and also this podcast. I think a lot of people will know you and Industry Minds, the podcast, the website, and all the amazing um, webinars and seminars you do, but they might not really know too much about you. So can you tell us, who is Kathy? Yeah, this is very strange for me. Um, I may, Maybe I keep it like that for a reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I, uh, I'm i from Edinburgh, a uh, very muted accent now because I've been down in London for, for about eight years. And um, I I trained, uh, I went to a foundation course at PPA when I was uh, 18, back in 2011. And then I went to Arts Ed and I went to Arts Ed for three years and it was the best and the toughest three years of my life. Um, drama school is difficult. And uh, I don't think there's very many people who don't have a, don't have a not a tough time at drama school but find it really emotionally and physically draining um but it was fab and I, I came out and I um I've done I've, I'm that sort of person who's done like a few jobs here and there do you know what I mean and I've really I've been to some really great places I went to Abu Dhabi last year um on the craziest job where the client was the Louvre Museum and we basically reenacted this enormous piece and there was like a thousand people from Abu Dhabi just like milling about and watching us and it was honestly the one of the best jobs I've ever had because 
we got treated so well and everyone who was a bit older on the job was like enjoy this you will never get like a three three room suite again kind of thing um so yeah um I've graduated in 2016 um as I said done some jobs here and there I did uh the European premiere of Little Women uh at the Hope Mill I played Beth which was kind of a dream role it was really strange to get it I've always loved that musical and loved the story and um when that opportunity came up I'd actually just changed agents which had been a bit of a bit of an interesting one for me and um it was, I think I'd been with them for three weeks and I got the job. Um, so that was fantastic. But um, like, as most people um, with kind of the great jobs and stuff, I've had a lot of time where I've been doing muggle jobs on the side, um, as we like to call them, and um, leading onto the industry minds. And I met, well, I met Scarlett through a muggle job um, and I wouldn't have met her if I'd been working. And we often say that that's why you should be grateful for the downtimes as well, because we were able to create this great friendship. I mean, she's my best friend. I'm going to be her maid of honor um, when she gets married. And now we have Industry Minds, which was which was born out of um, Scarlett struggling uh, with her mental health and wanting to talk about it more. And I was the only person that she would talk to about it. So we thought, let's create a platform about it, really. So I don't know if I really answered your question. As you can yeah. probably tell, I'm not a huge fan of talking about myself. No, and I think our skills don't just have relevance in the audition room or on stage. So whether it's that in-between job or a side passion or in your downtime, and I think it's nice for people to know that there's so much work in the arts and it's okay to like deviate from what you thought was the design trajectory of what an artist does and how you met Scarlett and then grew this amazing business. And not only a business, yeah. the fact you are helping so many people. And I think that's the thing that is so humbling. Like I remember when when we started it, we started it in we thought about it in like July 2018 and we set up the platform at the very very end of August and our first podcast came out in September. But I remember we set up our Twitter and like overnight we got like 100 followers and we were like, "Oh my god, 100 people." But it got to the point where about 5 days in we'd got 4 or 500 followers and we and we'd only put up one tweet being like coming soon or something. And then we were like, oh crap, we really have to do this. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to say words. Yeah, I right. was like, I was like, we we actually have to do this. Like people are aware that this is happening and people have been tweeting about it. And um it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And a few days ago, we um not that it's about this, but a few days ago we fit, we hit five thousand followers on Twitter. And we were like, that's insane that this many people have become aware of this platform. And I think we've put out 83 episodes on the podcast, including little bonus ones, but we've done at least 65 interviews on the podcast if not more and um it's just it's just so it's really humbling that just through us going with this little road podcaster that I've got in front of me that I've had since 2008 we were able to just get people having a conversation it took those like brave few people in the first kind of series to to start talking about their mental health and now here we are like 18 months later and it's it's everywhere there's still definitely a long way to go but a lot of people are talking about it and people who I would never expect to talk about it talk about it and I just think that that's so important because mental health is something that we all have whether it's good or bad and it it just needs it needs to be spoken about and it's yeah it has been really really humbling um and especially with the counseling service with the amazing Mary Birch um she is just an absolute saint and she has given up so much of her time to help people. And I know how much that service has, has helped people. Um, and that is, that's the best, that's the best thing for us really. Just, just to know that even that we've helped like a couple of people to, to get through their mental health struggles has just been 
the best thing because I've, I've struggled myself and like when you do get through the other side of it and when you do talk to a therapist and when you do talk to your friends about it and it, you finally start to see the light at the end of that tunnel it just it's just the best thing and it's really really humbling as I said that we've been able to through this platform um, and through uh, collaborating with Mary we've been able to help people. Isn't it the most gorgeous feeling when you get the same buzz from performing when you actually when you can help someone on a smaller level? Because when even what I'm doing, if I'm coaching with someone in regards to maybe marketing themselves, when someone messages me and is like, Jamie, I managed to secure that agent or I got I got seen by that casting director that I never normally get seen by. And that's like it's just so fulfilling to yeah. find that buzz when people clap you on stage. What a lovely feeling when you're like. You're giving to them, they're giving to you. So I think it's what I think is lovely about what you said there is that you're getting that joy from helping people as well. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. And uh, the thing is, is that we never went into this realizing what it would be. We started it as a let's start a little podcast, and then it just grew and grew and grew. Um, and now it is. I mean, it's basically a full time business. Um, uh, we we call each other business partner and best friends because we we actually have two separate whatsapps um an industry minds one and just a normal one um and we're often we'll be chatting on the industry minds one and then we'll go off on a tangent to something else and then we'll go oh wrong chat and swap to the other whatsapp so that we've got that separate so that we can can literally be talking about business one second but then actually be swap swapping between chats to have a chat about something else um but yeah it is it is such a it's such a strange thing going from um, like getting getting kind of like that approval and that kind of like, oh, well done from from acting and then realizing that I actually think that I probably get more from from this because this is the real kind of like bread and butter. Like this is people's lives. And although theater and the arts are so important as we're realizing right now when we don't have them, um, I think that this this is the thing that I'm really, really proud of. Yeah, no, completely. And there's so much that you've talked about that I want to touch on. But going back a teeny bit, do you feel the skills you learn as an actress and performer have helped you with building this side business, which has probably now become more of a main business? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I've always been very, very organised. And I've liked to kind of like know what's going on. I like to have things kind of ready. And it's it's even like the simple things. And this is probably going to sound so um, like blasé in comparison to everything else we've been talking about. But even like having an organized rep folder and having all that, those tools at your disposal. Um, when I compare it to Industry Minds and because I sort out the... Uh, the host site for the for the podcast and I edit it and I upload it every week um to like the spreadsheets for that and like I love a spreadsheet <laughs> and it really <laughs> it really helps to keep things um to keep things uh to keep things going um from an ideas point of view Scarlett is incredibly proactive um as an actress and as a business uh businesswoman um she's honestly like one of my biggest inspirations as well as being my best friend and I think her proactiveness within the industry has massively translated to her practice with, within industry minds. And I mean, the ideas that that woman comes up with just blow my mind. And I'm like, well, how did you think of that? And she goes, it just came to me. And I'm like, whoa, like she's amazing. Um, so as I think, obviously I don't want to speak on behalf of Scarlett, but I think what I can see from her skills from from acting have definitely transferred to, to the business. Um, and yeah, I think that, I also think that what, what we often say is me and Scarlett are very... Um, 
we're very different as people but we work very well together I mean for one we look completely different we're like little and large uh blonde and brunette but we we both bring like completely different skills to to industry minds and I think if we were similar um it wouldn't it wouldn't work as well so yeah but no definitely transferable skills um there's a lot of them that's one thing I try and hit home with listeners as well is that personality is employable as well. People buy into you. And if, like you said, if you are organised, you could then be a company manager, a dance captain, a good swing. There's so much more than just the singing, dancing, acting, um, which I actually... So it's music to my ears when people say stuff like that as well, because I'm like, I'm not the only one who says it. Yay! No, for sure, for sure. And I, um, I, did, some, I did some casting at the end of last year and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. So that may be an avenue to pursue. <laughs> um, but also, I mean, Scarlett's a production assistant um, for Aria Entertainment. And she has learned so much through that as well. And I think it's really important that um, people don't stigmatize moving between things in the industry. I think it's very easy for people to say, oh, but you're an actor, so you do this. Oh, but you're a co- you're a you're a casting director you can't possibly direct a show as well like why can't you are you saying that you can only have one skill that's absolute rubbish um and I think that the more that we swap over the more we understand different aspects of our industry and I know it's not possible but I think it would be great for people in their last year to be able to do some kind of work experience and go and like sit in on a casting office for a day or sit in on an agents for a week and just see what everyone else does rather than trying to guess what they do and trying to second guess it and I think that we can we can all learn a lot from each other and that's why we try that's why we did the third series of the podcast we did the um, creative series and we didn't have any actors on because we wanted to get we had directors musical directors producers casting directors and it was so interesting agents and it was just it it was really really interesting to hear things from everyone's point of view and know that everyone's working hard. We're all human. And yes, sometimes it seems like there's a little bit of a, I'm literally quoting the guy that we had on the podcast this morning. He said there was a bit of like a food chain um, within the industry, but we all do actually need each other. Um, and we all we all have transferable skills and we can all work within, if, if you want to, and if you feel that you have the skills to, you can work within another part of the industry. And it doesn't make you any less of an actor or any less of a director or any less of a casting director if you do something different. Um, I think that that's quite an our it's quite an archaic idea that you stick in one job for for your whole life. You can do lots of different things, and I think that it makes you a more well-rounded person um, and easier to work with at the end of the day. Completely, I think the more multifaceted you are, the more you have to bring to not only just you as a human, but to your jobs and the connections you make. I remember when I first started prioritizing maybe the press side of things and going back to like journalism school part time. And I would say no to auditions and people would be like, why? And I'm like, because I want to give this a go. And now I've found the point when I can kind of, obviously not now because of COVID, but I could almost cherry pick my career because I was like, oh, there's a really good performance job that I want to do. So I would do it. Oh, now I'm going to take some time off because it's the Olivier's and it's press heavy. So that's what I've found has been really helpful. Would you say to all performers then it's it's healthy both physically and mentally to have maybe a side passion a side side hobby or possibly other career aspirations I mean yeah absolutely I think I think that there's very very few people who go from job to job to job and if you do that that's amazing but I don't think there's anyone who has ever not been in work and I think that um the industry will always be here well 
it's a very difficult thing this during COVID-19 but the industry will always be here in some way shape or form and I think that it makes you more well-rounded to have other hobbies you wouldn't become a lawyer or a doctor or an accountant and that literally be your life um I we're very very lucky to be able to when we do get to do what we love we get to call it a job and we get paid for it and that is incredible and not very many people are lucky enough to have their passion be able to be their job as well but I do think it's important to do other things outside and I've got very few friends who don't do things outside and I think it's good to to meet people that that aren't in the industry um otherwise you can get very sucked into the bubble of it um I mean my my boyfriend isn't in the industry and I think that that works best for me for some people they like being with someone in the industry but for me it it wouldn't have worked um I think it's I think it's always good to learn new skills um and to to have a passion outside there and if you are if there is something that you're interested in just give it a try um yeah there's there's plenty uh, there's there's a guy who I think he was in school of rock a couple of years ago but he he's actually a doctor um yeah. and he I can't remember his name for the life of me is it so like sorry Nadim? That. yes that's it that's it yeah um because and I know that because he uh broken wings and Scarlet works on broken wings yeah. there you go that's the <laughs> and he's yeah he's a doctor and at the moment he's working on the wards as a doctor and that's what he does and I'm just like that's amazing and that's so inspirational yeah. that you've been able to do a medical degree uh but still kind of pursue your passion at the same time and be on the west end and go all over the world and so yeah, I think it's really, really important. Um, and like, funny you mentioned him because um, we follow each other on Twitter, and I've done some work at the Stage newspaper before. And one of um, a friend of mine who who works there was doing an article on creatives who are working in the medical fields at the moment. And I even like tagged him into a tweet. So when she wrote the article, she could reach out. And I was like, "Is this? I think our industry is sometimes so all-consuming, or we feel we have to just do this clear path." And we're like. Yeah, why can't you be a doctor and then yeah. act like that's doable? But I think sometimes we think it's better to be a, a struggling performer and not working than to have another career that you can do in your downtime, which is quite a weird mindset, I think. Yeah, and I don't think it makes you any less of an actor or performer or whatever if you do do something else. I think it just, I've got a couple of friends who um, have done accountancy courses and now have um, a full time accountancy job that they can do remotely. Um, while pursuing and they can they can do it while they're on a job um and yes it means they have to work a little bit harder sometimes um and work late late hours but they've got that security and I think that people think that if you're I think there's a very old kind of idea that if you're not constantly working and you're not constantly pursuing you're not at seven dance classes a day or doing like 105 workshops and at a singing lesson three times a week that you're not trying hard enough but the reality is is that that option isn't there for everyone this industry is expensive and if you get through drama school and if you go to a drama school that doesn't have uh, any kind of government funding you're sometimes leaving with about 40 grand worth of debt and then you've got to live in well a lot of people live in London so that's like what seven eight hundred pounds a month rent plus your bills um and then if you want to go to class, it costs you like £3.30 to get in. It costs you 2 to £4 to get into pineapple and then £8 for the class and then going back. And I think that, I think do as much as you possibly can do, um, but don't do it at the detriment to becoming that struggling actor where you're literally living paycheck to paycheck. Um, try and find some, find a job that you enjoy and that you have a passion about. So your muggle job isn't the job that you hate, that you really enjoy it. 
Um, and yeah, I think I've kind of lost what I was going to say. I had a, I had a point that I was going to no, say. No, but there, you're. But... I'm just sitting here like nodding, like yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's just important that um that you you don't put your life on hold. I actually saw someone's tweet the other day um saying, "What did you wish you'd known when you graduated?" And I went, uh, I said something like, "I went, I didn't go on holiday for three years because I was waiting around for something to happen because I was told, oh, this is coming up. You've been submitted for this. You'll probably get called in for this. Did it happen? No." I didn't go on holiday for three years. Like, what was the point in that? Like, enjoy your life while you can. Like, as I said, the industry is always going to be here. That job's always going to come up. And if you're meant to get it, you're meant to get it. Um, yeah. My series of, of events leading up to me getting a little woman were very, very weird. And if I'd said yes to something or if I'd not emailed someone on the right day, like something might not have happened. And if it's meant to happen, it is going to happen. Um, I truly believe that. Um, so, yeah, I think don't put your, don't put your life on hold um to be this struggling to be the struggling actor work the hardest you can with the resources you ha- you can oh i remember my point <laughs> I, think, I think what is really what has been really good about this covid-19 situation is how many people are putting their resources out there like people have been able to take so many dance classes and i, I i'm not saying people should t- teach for free at all um because they deserve to be paid for their um for their work but i think that it's great time for people to be able to take advantage of a yoga class or a Pilates class or um, or a jazz class or a commercial class um, or just doing a ballet bar in the morning because they've been put out there because those people, those creatives are in the same situation that we are and they they want to stay creative and they want to keep doing what they're doing. So I think that the industry's shown a lot of kindness at the moment um, in just providing those materials and casting directors doing things like We Audition and uh, lots of Instagram lives and just having lots of questions um, answered for people that they wouldn't have normally had time to answer so I think if there is a positive to this situation that is it I think yeah no completely so first of all I always ask my guests what would they tell their younger self so you've answered that for me so tick yeah, go on holiday just go on <laughs> yeah, holiday do it but I think yeah now is the best time to invest in yourself to build connections because relationships you build now may turn into work when the industry is back on its feet and I've been doing a lot of like um small coaching sessions with graduates who have whose training sadly obviously been put on hold at the moment and everyone's just so eager to learn and give just like you said so I think the sense of community now when the arts world picks back up will hopefully be stronger than ever yeah I really I really really hope so and I think that's why because we, we've started the um the graduate support yeah. program um another brainwave of scarlet's um which is just great and it's it's really humbling to read what these graduates feel like because obviously like we can't imagine it I can't imagine being cut off at this stage in my third year or my second year for that for that matter but I think especially it was just a showcase and final year and only a few schools had done their showcases and I just think it was literally the worst timing for them and they must feel so um I don't want to put a diner on it but they must feel really lost because to just have things cut off like that and then to know that it's not going to go back before July so that's kind of that's kind of it for them um and I know that their schools will be doing um, as much as they can to support them, but I think it is still important that people like us, people like people like you, um, and the people who are and casting directors and agents put put out um, those resources to help them because yeah. none of us have ever been in that position before, being a graduate and just being literally thrust into the industry, but with no way to work in the industry. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I just think that 
that kindness is is really important for them at the moment because they must be feeling very um very like under oh what's the word just just un, just not not supported as they yeah. as they could be and, and through and through no fault of anyone's but um but yeah it's it's a very difficult situation for them all completely like so close to the finish line and I guess we all know when you're in your final year the last couple of months are more so about you just want to perform to kind of be like yes I've done everything now I've got that stamp of approval but I'm sure that hopefully going forward casting directors and agents will see if they are a 2020 grad they'll be like right like they're there for them I'm sure I mean I would think so 2020 is going to be that year that everyone's like oh yeah that was the year that was cancelled so yeah exactly gonna, gonna remember yeah <laughs> launching um end of summer 2018 fourth series is out now isn't it I believe is it fourth? Yeah, we're fourth? recording the, yeah we're recording the fifth series over zoom at the moment um so what has two years of podcasting taught you and Scarlett either a about the industry like are there any um repeat themes you may hear in people when it comes to maybe mental health in the arts and then b what has it kind of this taught you about our industry oh my gosh so much um oh I wish I could write it all down I think um one of the things that's come up in similarities is that we are all very similar when it comes to like self-doubt and confidence um we always doubt our ability and a lot of us compare and the thing is is that it seems silly to compare because even though there's people that you might be similar to or like you might not have got signed because you're similar to that person at the end of the day um there is literally only one you and I know it's really cliche to say even if you're an identical twin you're still different and um I think that yeah, one of the similarities is that a lot of people compare how they're doing to other people. They have a lot of um, they have a lot of self doubt, and even if they do get into those um, those big the the Netflix series, the CBBC series, the the um, the West End jobs, then they begin to doubt why they're there um, and get maybe like imposter syndrome or something. And I think that just the kind of like the hard graft of the industry um, does get to a lot of. Uh, people but mental health support obviously things are starting to get there um when I left drama school there wasn't I knew there was a counselor on site at my drama well not on site at my drama school there was someone who came in like once a week or something but I think it was spoken about in the first week of drama school and that was pretty much it um and that was like 2013 so I think that that is something that I think it's really really important that drama school students are supported through their training because it's tough and it's not about spoon feeding them um obviously they have to develop resilience but um it is really really tricky and then I think that I think that getting out there I think it's just I think it's just a sense of community I think that I think that people can often feel that if they're not in this kind of job or if they're not in that kind of job or if they're not in that clique of people or that clique of people that they're that they're not valid and they're not going to get in this room they're not going to get in that room and that's why I think that the opportunities that are happening at the moment are really important because there is some casting directors that people won't have been able to get in front of and there needs to be less you need to be like this in order to do this no if you're going to get the job you're going to get the job because you're you I got told by someone I won't say who um that I needed to be a size uh eight and not a size I'm five foot ten nearly um my cv says five nine though um, <laughs> and i needed to be a size um size eight and not size 12 uh in order to be getting in the room um and that i needed to like wear more makeup and i've been told that a few times throughout my career 
that um from 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 like my first drama school that I, I got told that I needed to wear more makeup because I looked unwell um and I was like I'm doing a dance class why do I need to wear makeup in training um I think that people need to stop making comments on on people's appearance um I think that diversity is a massive thing as well that needs to just be there just needs to be so many more opportunities and that's why I think like um companies like um BAME uh, there and the opportunities that they provide uh, to get people in front of casting directors and agents is really important um I think that the industry needs to be made more accessible from a from an audience point of view as well um I know that uh, last year did you see Amelia yes gorgeous oh, wasn't it like unbelievable um and I know that Ben Hewis uh, got some money together raised some money for people who wouldn't be able to afford to go to the theater yeah. to see it and I think that not from an acting point of view but from like an outsider's point of view um we need to be able to get people to see see theater who wouldn't be able to see it who are from underprivileged backgrounds and a lot I tell you what I'm now starting to think of lots of things that have come up a lot of things that have come up is opportunity for for working class um in the yeah. industry and um it's very easy to to not see that when you come from, uh, for example, a middle class background. I I was very lucky. I was um, I'm the daughter of a, a lawyer and a doctor, and I went to private school. And then uh, my mom was able to afford to send me to drama school, so I haven't experienced that firsthand. But when you see how hard people are working and how there's so many people who can't afford to go to drama school because they simply can't afford it. Um, I would say that's something that needs to, they can't even afford to audition. I think that's the thing. Yeah. Um, like feeds of 40 to 70 pounds, like let alone traveling and staying overnight and stuff. Um, I think that there's, it's so difficult because obviously there's a reason for everything. Um, there's a reason for those high ticket prices. There's a reason for those audition fees. Um, but I do think more opportunities to make things more accessible would make a huge difference um, to people from from working class backgrounds in in the industry. Um, I think there's some huge talent that can be missed out on by not affording those opportunities to everyone. Um, and it doesn't mean you need to do it across the board, but by like outreach programs. Like I know a lot of drama schools yeah. go to different parts of the country or do go to different schools to do those outreaches, to do those additions. And it means that they can find talent that otherwise they wouldn't have found. Um, so yeah, you've got me on a rant now, but I just think that there's- No, I love it. So much more, I just think there's so much more that can be done in terms of making things accessible um, for people from different backgrounds and just not letting theatre become an elite thing. I mean, I can barely afford to go to the theatre anymore. It's like, unless I know someone in the cast, I'm like, do I have £65 for a mediocre seat when £65 used to be the top price seat? No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's difficult. And like, I think, as we've touched on so much today, coming out of COVID-19, the theatre and entertainment landscape will have changed. Something sadly may no longer be there, but new things would um, pop up. So I think it's obviously both very scary, but also exciting to maybe see what we can do when we band together to entertain, because people, they're going to need entertainment out of this. Oh, completely. And I think that just going back to your, I'm now starting to think of answers to all your previous questions, but just going back to something that kind of we like learn from the podcast is a lot of the, a lot of things that people have noticed and that they've wanted to change is kind of representation within the industry. And um, particularly we had um, Robin Holdaway was our last episode on the, on series four and they, uh, they're a non-binary actor and uh 
there's a thing called um, Trans Voices uh, Connect, I think it is. And um, they kind of like bring together uh, trans and non-binary actors. And they also put on, um, they also have a, a platform for, for shows and stuff. And I think that in terms of representation, which is the thing that was really, uh, has been mentioned a lot over um, our, our podcast, and that's representation from like the trans community to, uh, to the BAME community and everything, and then the working class community. Um, those there's so many people who are writing amazing stories and I think that hopefully once we come back and obviously things will have stopped for some things and it's difficult because some shows will have closed I, I hope that producers will I, they, I hope they don't go with the safe options I hope they use this as an opportunity to to put on those new exciting shows and to to put on the plays that are about um that are about people that we haven't seen on stage before and that gives opportunity to other people and just broadens everyone's horizons like you, the, nothing bad ever came from learning something new and I think that people are people are sometimes wary about learning something new and I understand like putting your money in something that isn't tried tested and trusted is scary but what better time to try it than after we've been shut indoors for god knows how long. 100% and even like now I'm finding myself by like joining um, online courses or buying new equipment because I'm like I will still find value and worth in this like I'm not obviously not splashing my money crazy but I'm thinking you know what my overheads are lower because I'm not getting a coffee at prayer I'm not going out for lunch I'm not getting on the tube so I'm actually going to invest that money in a new microphone or I'm going to sign up for that course I wanted to do so yeah, I think it's it's been it's taken away work, but like it's how you just like hit the nail on the head. It's improving like creativity, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I just just want to counter that by being like, if people aren't feeling creative at this point, then that's totally fine as well. Because I know that the first few weeks of lockdown, I was not feeling creative. I didn't touch my piano for like five weeks. Um, I just started playing it again this week, and I feel so much better for it. But I wasn't feeling creative. I didn't feel like I wanted to to sing to to do anything and and that's fine because you don't know how you're going to react in this situation but um but if you are feeling super productive then amazing um and keep going with it but i think that um if the way that you get through this is by watching reruns of friends uh and coloring in a coloring book or um i mean i love cleaning uh i love mrs <laughs> Hinch. i love mrs Hinch on instagram so like that's, <laughs> that's kind of my thing um then then that's then that's the best way for um for you to get through and there's no right or wrong way to, no. to deal with this situation really no i love that you picked up on that as well because i think that's the thing and obviously we'll get onto social media in a second but obviously there is this um everyone's like yeah do that yoga class bake that banana bread do that course and I, I think I've got I've got a weird disposition where I get anxiety if I'm not working, which I guess that's a half a kettle of fish. Um, <laughs> but there was a couple of days when I felt so guilty that I didn't get up to do that workout. And I was like, why do I feel guilty? There's no one to keep like that's on me. So I think I, it's so lovely that you picked up on that as well and just give that highlight that side like it's okay not to bake the banana bread oh my gosh like the amount of times it's come up on my screen it's like are you still watching this and I'm like yes I am stop <laughs> judging me you're <laughs> not, not moved at all <laughs> literally I'm just like see myself in the reflection of the tv like <laughs> <laughs> um, so touching on social media what mm. are your thoughts on social media in the entertainment industry obviously it is a necessity however there are 
pros and cons. So what are your views on social media in the arts? So I am not fab with social media. Um, Scarlett runs the social media accounts for Industry Minds um, and a very, very good job. She does it too. Um, I find it, I find it very overwhelming just, just personally um, when I get like lots of notifications up and lots of messages and stuff, I, I find it quite a lot. I prefer kind of, I'm a bit more of a background person with that kind of thing in terms of for the arts, as you said, there's pros and cons. Um, I know that uh, Sophie Holland and Faye Timby are casting the magic flute through um, social media and they've put that cast and call out on there. And that means that there's people who will see that, who might not have an agent, but might be completely right for it or might not have necessarily um, gotten in the room for it. And I think that, um, like, as you said, people can get jobs from it, people can get noticed from it. And, and that's amazing. But I also think that if there's things on social media that, bother you or that you don't like um or you see like something that's not very nice on social media just just don't engage with it I think that the worst thing you can do is to have it going around in your head if there's something that I don't like I just I usually mute um if there's things that I don't like or I mute a few words on Twitter or something um I really do try and limit my time on it uh just because I think that mindless scroll I think you need to use it proactively I think the mindless scrolling never helped anyone um but I think that using it to search for um search for people or um find out like uh I don't know because I mean I'm just trying to think back to it like when I when I was like 14 like my only kind of social media which wasn't even social media was like YouTube but I used it to find out lots about new um new musicals and I would basically just like if I typed in one thing it would like have suggestions over the other side and I'd be like oh that's interesting and like maybe on Twitter like if you're interested in like connecting with some more people like find one person you're interested in go to who it suggests to follow next and then just kind of go through and see see their tweets see what they've been working on and I think I think use I think using it proactively and um finding people that you can connect with uh and finding who is connected to who so if you see that uh, someone is producing this show and then they've managed to tweet and they've got the they've got the director in it and they've got the the casting director in it and you're interested in that or you want to be seen for that then follow them all make sure you've got that on your radar but also if things are already cast um maybe like go go and see the show and then if you see if that team teams often work together again um and if you see that they're working together again that might be a chance to um, if you're unrepresented or if your agent's okay with you emailing people, email someone and be like, hi, um, I loved this show that you did, blah, blah, blah. This director was great. I'd really like to be seen for this. Or if you do have an agent, just say, hey, I saw their show. Um, please, can you push me, like mention that I really like their work or something. And just, it just makes you aware of people. And I think that yeah. there's so many people that I wouldn't know or be aware of through social media and we've met the vast majority of our guests through social media for industry minds um people found us and gone i'd like to come on the podcast and we're like great and now we've got an amazing relationship with them and um people like um uh like james and rosie pearson and michael apollo um artist management are people that have been massive champions among many many others for the podcast and we literally met them because um i think we reached out to pearson and michael reached out to us and it was um or the other way around, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that that's the way to, I think using it proactively to create those connections. But if you do find that it's getting overwhelming and that there's too much negativity or stuff, meet words, meet people, 
and limit yourself to it and use it like you do I mean you're you're literally like it's your job kind of <laughs> and you, yeah. you you're like an expert in it so um I mean you can tell me if that makes sense or not no completely and even I find with social media like it wasn't until last year when I really structured set working hours because I was having clients phone me at 11 p.m. midnight wanting to do things. Or I remember one client, I gave three emails leading up to my holiday to say, I will be away for this one weekend. And then I got phone calls when I was away on holiday. And I was at Disneyland and I was in the queue for the ride. And I was like, I'm about to go on Magic Mountain or Space Mountain. And I was like, <laughs> so then I really had to like, because for me, my workload... Um, my social media time has increased because of what I do. However, it's especially now of all this time, it's so consuming. So I think mm. everything you said there was amazing. I'm obviously mm. going to um, get you to leave your contact details in a minute for our listeners. But has mm. there, is there maybe a little nugget of advice or anything you have learned on your industry minds journey that if there is a listener who's maybe suffering um, from self-doubt or confidence, that is there like a statement or any tips that you would kind of just say, this can help you at this moment in time? Gosh, um, I mean, like I said earlier, I know it's really like blasé, but like go on holiday. Um, do do the best that you can do for you in that moment. And know that even though it might feel like you're the only person who's feeling the way you are, I can 100% guarantee you that you're not. Even just listen to like two or three Industry Minds episodes and that'll tell you that, that it's, yes, actors feel crap a lot of the time and they struggle with the mental health but casting directors find things difficult agents find things difficult producers find things difficult they're responsible for everything and that do do reach out to someone because the the conversation has been opened up people are talking about mental health and if you are struggling there will be someone to listen and if the first person you go to is a little bit difficult to talk to don't shut that down um, you've done amazing for trying to talk to someone and there will be someone to listen. And you can always reach out to us at Industry Minds um, because that's that's what we're here for. Um, email is best. <laughs> um, yeah. we, get, we get a lot of DMs and it's difficult to keep track, uh, but email is is best. And um, yeah, I think I think if I was, I think if I was saying something to me like four years ago when I graduated, it would be do the best that you can do for you on any given day. Don't compare yourself to anyone who you think is like you because even though you think they're like you they're not like you because only you are like you um and do reach out to someone if you're having difficulty because I promise you someone will be there to listen yeah and that's that resonates a lot with when I teach or mentor and I say like you are an expert on you you're yeah. your own your own competition so like I absolutely love what you said there. And what is the email address and your social handles if someone is listening and do want to reach out? Sure. So um, the social handles are Industry Minds UK on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, any general inquiries, um, it's info at industryminds.co.uk. We do ask though, if you're emailing about a collaboration, please email us with like specifically what you'd like to do because um, that really helps us kind of just like see see if we can help. And um, also, if you're emailing directly about um, counselling, you can either email the info address or you can email mary at industryminds.co.uk. I want to say a massive thank you so much to Cathy there and Industry Minds. Go to industryminds.co.uk to find out more about everything they do. 
Tune in next week for another episode. And like I said, go back to episodes one, three, and five if you want to learn a bit more about how to implement a social media strategy and kind of help you to generate some ideas of what you can post and head to jamiebody.com forward slash resources for some of my free online resources that will hopefully help you with your personal brand and social media.